Howdy, true believers. Right at the top of this week's podcast, I want to let everyone know that this is a safe space for Spider-Man No Way Home spoilers. I'm so excited to see the film, but if you're like me, you know that this has been one of the most like spoilerish movies since like Avengers Endgame because there are so many secrets that they're keeping that they haven't shown anything in the trailers yet. So I've been dodging. I haven't been on social media for a few days. Maybe you've missed me. And you know, I, I can't even log on to YouTube or anything without seeing spoilers. So I just want you to know this is a safe space for you. You can just listen to this and enjoy and know that you're not going to get any of those juicy Spider-Man spoilers that you're probably also dodging all over the internet right now. Actually, I received an advanced screener, and, uh, well, you are not going to believe the twist at the ending. Okay, so it starts with Spidey when he... Welcome to episode 174 of Wolvescast, your friendly neighborhood Timberwolves podcast. It's hosted by myself and my brother. I'm Neil. I'm Scott. Scott, do you have a Spider-Man um, impression? Like, you know, like, is there like a spider? You've been watching all the movies. You know, you've been watching all the movies, and I feel like there kind of is a Spider-Man, like, like voice. He's like a teen boy, right? And so... I've, yeah, he gets... The thing is, he gets... There's so many the different... Same? There's so many different Spider-Men we've had in our lives. Some people really identify with the voice actor from the cartoons or the recent video games, whereas yeah. more people are, have their favorite, like the Tobey Maguire or the Andrew Garfield or... Tom Holland, and they all have their own kind of uh, boy vocal registers, you know. But I think one, there's a lot of cringy, funny lines from Spider-Man Three. Uh, it's one of the most notoriously big, like bad superhero <laughs> movies ever. And uh, he, he, at one point when he's like the dark hipster emo uh, Peter Parker, he, he tips a waitress and he says, "Hey, hot legs, find us some shade." <laughs> it's so bad, You're right? Yeah, I, I guess I just thought of it just now because of like the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, like kind of thing. It's just like I can just hear like kind of like a nasally like, "Hey everybody, it's your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man," you know, like yep, just kind of kind of like not bad, very chipper, you mm-hmm. know. But like he's a, he's a, he's a rare superhero, I think, in that he's like a young person, right? Like he's not like a man, you know. He's not like in Spider-Man, but he's not like a full-grown adult. He's like a teen kid, right? Like, yeah. D- once again, depends on what depiction, you know. In the comics, uh, he is now much older. He's kind of in his 30s, and there are is a new generation of teenage Spider people. But that's the thing with the Tom Holland movies that are out right now. The third one coming oh, yeah. out. He's been high school aged for these movies. Okay. So, yeah. and Tom Holland looks like a little boy, so it works out. He he and like I see, I just watched all the Spider Man movies in in anticipation yeah, of the yeah. new one coming out, and uh, it's so jarring when you go back to that very first one with Tobey Maguire because he was like in his thirties when he got the part, and the movie starts in high school, so it's all these thirty year old men and yes. women in like yes. high school, and it's just like none of this is believable. Yeah, they yeah. all look older than their teacher who's on the field trip with them. It's crazy. Yeah, I saw Tom. Holland. I haven't seen the movies, but I saw Tom Holland at the attraction at Disneyland. You know, he's in the pre-show. Like, oh, yeah. I like this guy. I go watch the movie. It's good. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, I mean, so, there's yeah. a lot of a lot of things that could happen to him. Who knows oh. if he'll be in another movie or what's going to happen with we'll his character. See. But that's, you know, that's the anticipation we have. Yeah. I got my tickets for tomorrow night. So. All right, yeah. As we You're re- going to the Lakers game. I'm going to Spider-Man. There you go. Yeah, as we record this. Yeah, it's Thursday, and then, yeah, the film comes out like at midnight tonight. Recording in a few hours before It's been then. out all day, I think. Oh, okay. It's been out all day. Yeah, I, but, I know Fred the Pod, Matt Pollum is seeing it right now. Yeah, so I yeah. had I had options. I could have seen it tonight at like six, but I was like, I gotta you record the pod. To record. I yeah, gotta record the pod. So anytime I'll, there's a midnight showing or whatever, it's like, oh, we I'm do. risking my enjoyment for you, dear listener. Oh, 
Yep, staying off social, all that stuff. But yeah, everybody, you have reached uh, Wolf's Cast. But we just had to talk a little, little Spider Man there, and I'm sure that maybe be it's some all more. up in my head. Like yeah. I was uh, full court press topics. What can we do? <laughs> Let's do Parker Luck. We'll talk That's about right. the bad luck that the Timberwolves franchise has had. We'll do mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, with great power. There must also come great responsibility. Talking about the players who need to be more responsible. On the st- I was coming up with all the themes. I feel segments. like with Spider Man, there's like so many villains. We could like we could match Wolf's players to Spidey villains. That was also in my head definitely that, I, I, that, I, I started mapping that out because yeah. Uh, yeah his great rogues gallery and i'll tell you neil the the game this week stick around to the end of the episode everybody oh, for a sinister six themed game okay i like that very much and hey with some of these ideas we, uh, we can carry over to next year with into the spider verse 2 you know across coming, the spider i'm sorry across the spider i'm very excited uh, about uh, about one year from today essentially right so uh, we'll be back with some more of that uh, that sweet sweet marvel spider-man uh, superhero there's talk. always there's always more spidey on the way oh great. yes absolutely it's a hit everybody but yeah uh scott's gonna have that game at the end so make sure you stick around there we're also going to do a week recap we're going to talk uh about uh, the return of d'angelo russell what it's meant for the team anthony edwards comparing his uh, last year to uh this year and then a, a timberwolves gift guide is coming your way so we got last minute gift gift uh gift ideas for the timberwolves fan in your life we have a sponsor we're going to do fan fiction a rare fan fiction sighting here, everybody. That's uh, you know, that's a, that's a segment we do maybe once a year, maybe twice a year. It's kind of rare, um, but it's awfully fun. So, fan fiction, weekly wolfies, and that sinister sticks, sinister six game. That's right. Is coming your way uh, on this episode of Wolves Cast. But we start as we normally do with the week recap. Scott, the Wolves are thirteen and fifteen defensive rating, back up to eleventh after kind of sloping down after that uh, losing streak. Uh, offensive rating, 22nd for the 12th best net rating in the league, according to cleaningtheglass.com. Holy moly. Are the Wolves the 12th best team in the league? We're, we're like a third of the way through the season. It's still feeling like it, Ooh, you know? Wild. There we go. But yes, the Wolves are back on track after, uh, what was the losing streak up to? Five games after that Cleveland game? I put it out of my mind as soon as yeah. it ended. No more losing streak in my mind. Let's not think about that again. Could have been three, could have been seven. I don't know. It was impressive, though, that our defensive rating improved this week after that Cleveland game because... <laughs> We got stopped, Neil. Yeah, we the got threes stopped. were falling. That was last Friday. Wolves lose 106-123. I was in attendance. It was the blizzard night, and the Wolves laid an egg, pooped the bed. Um, you know, Sorry to all the fans who oof. drove through the snow. Yeah, I like made a point. I was like, I, I might stay home. No, I'm going to do it. I really want to see Ricky Rubio. Uh, it was fun to see Ricky, fun to see Kevin Love, fun to see uh, you know our old friends again out there playing in Target Center. Uh, I, I tweeted about this, but it was fun to see Kevin Love get the three-shot free throw. That was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, we just saw that all the time. You can't really do that anymore, like the pump fake and then jump into the guy. Like Kevin Love became like one of the worst offenders of that <laughs> throughout his career, like the sideways jump with his shoulder yeah. I don't think he gets that call anymore they're not supposed to give it to him so uh, yeah it was good to see them but yeah the, the Cavs hit a ton of threes Wolves just didn't play very well it was uh, you know that avalanche of threes that uh, you know happened with the Hawks game in the previous week uh, it continued here <laughs> against Cleveland um, on Friday. So, hey. yeah, I mean, we talked about it on the pod last week, and you even tweeted, like, for all the people who think this defense is fake good, this is revealing. And that's what I was talking Ooh. about on Worried Not Worried last week yeah. was whether the three-point shooting coming regressing Regression, to the mean yeah. was going to kill our defensive rating. So mm-hmm. uh, Friday night, I was just like, 
I'm glad I talked about it on the pod. Here we are. And then all of a sudden we go to Portland on Monday and the defense looks a lot better. Yeah. Portland struggling. They just get Dame back, um, you know, for this game after he missed like five or something like that. It's like Um, uh, D'Lo said after the Philadelphia game, you think we're the team to come back from injury against. That's not us. (laughs) That ain't us. Yeah. Dame came back. It ain't sweet or whatever he said. You think it's sweet. It ain't sweet. Yep. So both D'Lo and um, and, uh, Dame Dame, uh, Dalla. The battle of the returning point guards. That's right. Return of the of the of the shooters out here and uh well dame really looked like he had (laughs) had a lot of time off russell not so much russell looked like all right i think dame's injury is maybe a little more serious more of a something he's going to be dealing with like kind of the whole season yeah it's not good because they're really struggling too uh, (laughs) on the season and so dame is really feeling pressured to kind of play through the injury i think which is always we've talked about on the pod a bad sign when you're trying to play through an injury yeah, totally. So, but uh, yeah, it was the Wolves. Uh, what like first win there in like twelve attempts or something? Like, no, I think it was even longer. It had yeah. been so long, since long, our last long win time. There. Double. Actually, digit. no, our last win there was when Carl hit the game winning shot. But they talked about like our overall record there, and it's so like bad. crazy bad. Like it's hard to surprise me with a the Wolves are so terrible <laughs> fact. I was surprised by uh-huh. how bad we were. I was like, whoa, yeah. yeah. It's a hard place to play, you know. And, uh, they, it's even when they have bad teams, they have a great crowd there it's in Portland. So yeah, Portland missing McCollum right now. He's out with some injury and um, a couple other guys. But you know, good to see Roko again. They got they got Nurkic. Uh, but yeah, they're having a tough time in Portland. Things are a miss out there with the you know they got the new coach now midseason here. They moved on for their from Neil O'Shea, their GM Chauncey. Yeah, they got Chauncey in there. So uh, former Wolf. That's right. Um, that so, you know they're figuring it out. They're working on it, but it's not it's good. Still, it's they're one of the worst defense. Defenses in the league, and it's like uh, you know the they, team is much worse than their reputation would suggest. Because the thing with the last decade of like Terry Sots, uh, Dame Lillard, Portland teams is Dame Lillard guarantees you a certain floor. Like you're not, mm-hmm. you're going to get 40 wins every season yes. if you have Dame on your team, That's and, right. and it's basically just been how good Dame has been at d- propelling that team to different heights over the years. And yeah. So I think a lot of people see this Portland team and are like, oh yeah, they're they're definitely you know going to be like a six seed, going to have over 40 wins, and so that reputation is still there, even though the the talent isn't there this year so far so I think that's an interesting topic on its own that we won't talk about just the whole situation in Portland and how poorly things are going they fired their GM you know and uh, you know, tough times up in, in Portland, but uh, I'm sure they'll land on their feet, and I'm not going to feel bad for it because, like you said, we're always losing to Portland. So anytime you got to get these division wins, these well, Northwest division it. wins, yeah. you got to take them. I was going division with it too because yeah, it's so weird because yeah, over the last bunch of years, it's like the the, the Northwest has been so good. Yeah. You know, other than OKC, like the other three teams are like even as recent as like two teams. years ago, though the OKC, yeah, they made you know, the playoffs. Yeah, Chris Paul, they still you know. overachieve more than the Wolves do, yeah. even with bad rosters. But you know, the the yeah. The Blazers, Nuggets, and and Jazz have just like stomped us. It seems like I mean, obviously we beat the Jazz three times, as we often bring up. Last year we beat them three times, but in general those teams have been so much better than the Wolves, and so it's like you know to win two divisional games. You know, back to back like this, you know, and then, you know, going ahead to the Denver game. On yeah, it's Wednesday just, night. you know, all the things that it's that Parker luck, I'll say about the Timberwolves is that, <laughs> you know, we're stuck in the Western Conference, even though we're more east than, you know, <laughs> geographically. Yeah, yeah, like we're on the Mississippi and like we're also st- stuck low key in the best division in basketball. Right. You yeah. know, like maybe we don't have the championship team ever in our division, but we always have like four 
the five playoff teams in our division. Yes, it's a just a, just a very above average, like consistently above average. It's also the most geographically spread out, which is why the, the Wolves are either first or second every year in most yeah. miles traveled. Yeah, so they have that working against them. But uh, well, they uh, you know they they overcame those and, challenges. And from one difficult arena to win into another <laughs> difficult arena to win in, some people say the Jazz is the biggest home court advantage. Some people say it's Denver because yeah. Denver's mile high. You're not used to that altitude, you know, and yeah. uh, a little maybe, altitude in Utah, maybe the, but not as much. Maybe the thin air is what we needed for the three point shot to start falling. Oh, though. interesting! I didn't think about that. Yeah, it was it was cold for the last. Everyone's couple talking games. about the new ball, but maybe it's the altitude that That's we need right. to adjust. That's right. Let's do let's do some uh, long term stat dive on that and see how the Nuggets have shot. Um, but yeah, Wolves win one twenty four one hundred seven Wednesday night. Another and, team uh, that is. Whew. Really hurt in, in a bad way. I think it's they're kind of, like the most injured team this year. Yeah, and not only do they have so many guys injured, the people who are injured are their second best player, Jamal Murray. Their third best player, Michael Porter Jr. Is Aaron Gordon still hurt? He right played. Now? No, he played last. Yeah, he played. And um, but yeah, they have you know they they had another injury last night in the game. Um, a newer guy, Marcus Howard, who I don't really know that well. He had a good game, but he got hurt at the end of the game. Um, who else is out for them? They have. They have a number of injuries, um, so yeah, yeah they, they're just they're super hurt. They're and, you decimated, know, and yet, like Jokic is having such an incredible season. Yeah. I think that he's obviously putting up some like historic MVP type numbers, and a lot of people are overlooking it because his team is like 500. But mm-hmm. that's not his fault, guys. He's doing everything he can. Yeah, he got his due last year. And, yeah, and, that's true. You know, I think more people are watching him this year and kind of get it. But yeah, it's. He's still incredible to watch, even if the rest of his team isn't there. It's just hard for them because those two injuries aren't like minor. Like I mentioned McCollum earlier. It's like he's going to be back in a few weeks, whatever. But like Michael Porter Jr. probably isn't going to play the rest of this year. Like back surgery is no joke. Like that is that is really intense, especially for a guy who's already had back surgery. And then Murray and long, long is term, like maybe I mean, April for Murray. Like he might come back this year, but really yeah, late. It's just it's just how how what percentage will he return at? You that's know? right. Is he going to yeah, get he has to work to ninety percent back this season or not? Because yeah. that's going to have a huge influence. But yeah, without Michael Porter Jr., man, if you look at this roster and assume health, they're a title contender. But mm-hmm. if you're not playing with your second or third best player, it's hard to see that. Which just stinks because we're getting into that territory now where it's like, is this team going to miss its window every year, and it's just going to be a error of missed chances? The nice thing that they have that Philadelphia doesn't have is that Jokic is younger, he's mm. healthier, yep. Jamal Murray is younger, Michael Porter Jr. So th- their core is younger. But, uh, I mean, you look at the Porter injury, and if that's a chronic thing, it could be something that uh, hamstrings a division rival for years to come. So yeah. we'll have to keep an eye on that. But, once again, I'm not going to feel bad for Denver because they've kicked our butts a lot of times. And Yeah, both I, of these teams, both Portland and Denver, they can they can slide down a little bit for a few years, and we won't mind. Yeah. <laughs> Let's replace one of them, you know, with uh, with the Wolves coming up. So, uh, so yeah, good 2-1 uh, good week there for Ten the three-pointers for Ant. That is uh, that's the most in the NBA this season, if you can believe it or not. Wow, Steph, I can't. Wow, Steph has a couple nines, but he has not had a ten. That's a stat for you. Yeah. Sharp, sharp shooter, Anthony Edwards. Everybody, I don't know. Uh, Steph had one like last May or something like that, but it hasn't been since then. Since an NBA player hit ten, <laughs> it's also a new Timberwolves franchise record for threes in a game. I think so. Yeah, wow. I think Beasley was tied with like oh. eight. I think it was Love mm-hmm. and Beasley both had eight in the game. So making it rain. Yep, that was shots has kept on falling. Edwards last night. putting his name on the record books already. Let's Year go. two. Let's go. All right, onward from uh, uh, you know week recap into. Full Court Press. Here's the tip. All right. We are starting with the return of D'Lo, D'Lo Russell. You know, uh, you know about D'Lo. He is, uh, he's back and the Wolves, 
they do a lot better when uh, when D'Lo plays. He's uh, he, he's always in there. And uh, how about that shot out of D'Lo? He's very good at making those. We shots. got a lot of work to do, so we're excited. So keep that shit going. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, uh, talk about a perception turnaround, mm. you know? I mean, Ooh. last year especially, you know, I was talking about, like, uh, it's harder to have these moments now in our COVID era where you overhear people talking about stuff. But right. I remember, like, being in a Taco Bell waiting for my order and <laughs> hearing people be like, D'Lo's so bad. Location, I hate it. Taco you know? Bell. And it's like, it's it's rare to hear people overhear, overhear people talking about the Timberwolves in general, but, like, you know, yeah. overhearing some D'Lo hate. And that's why we talked about in the preseason, too, like, who's going to be, like, the most hated player on the roster and even some early season and struggles that he had people are like oh man Delo's killing us but right now I mean he's he's quietly like MVP of the team in terms of just like when he's on the team when he's playing with the team he ties everything together he's kind of the straw that stirs the drink if you will yeah and that's really interesting because you know yeah he's played 23 of the 28 games I believe the Wolves have played I think the Wolves are 0-5 in the in the games he hasn't that's correct so yeah so it's like you know that's maybe a little bit noisy. It's only five games he has missed, but you can it passes the eye test. I think is the important part. As you can see, you know that Cleveland game was just a huge example of like, you know, the Cavs are also a way better team than people give them credit for. Like they were bottom feeders last year, and thought they were going to be one of the worst like offenses in the league this year. But they're they're poised to you know be a top six team in the East this year. As maybe far as even right better. Now. I mean, they're one of the best defenses in the league. So it's like you know the Wolves you know had designs to beat them and like. They probably still should have, but like you know, they're not the slouch that you know people think they are necessarily. This isn't the Cavs so. team that earned the number three pick last yeah, season. Yeah, yeah. So know? without D'Lo in that game, it re- you could really feel. It. I mean, they're starting Balmaro. Um, you know, it just met the, the the guard rotation. Just like just 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 gets turned on its head in such a bad way when you don't have Russell in there, and, and it really shows more than just like oh yeah, we need his offense. Well, it's just that uh, it's the Peter principle, uh, the Peter Parker principle. Everybody, oh, uh, yeah. It's the theory that. It, if you just keep promoting somebody, then eventually they'll reach a level without or they're in over their head. Right. Yeah. And so the idea is with D'Lo gone, everyone gets promoted in their responsibilities. And a like couple, just because you're good, there's a breaking point of like you know your role as yeah a, as exactly. A like, <laughs> just look at Anthony Edwards between the Cavs game and the Denver game, for example. It's just like Anthony Edwards has to have the ball in his hands more. He has to do more creating. He doesn't get the easier looks that he gets when D'Lo's helping him out. So it's just stuff like that where like Pat Bev, you know, like he he has to try harder on offense so he can't be as intense on defense with D'Lo out and stuff like that. Yeah. And so um, I just think that, you know, that's kind of the main problem with D'Lo being out. I don't think that he's, you know, necessarily the most important player to this team. Uh, but, man, just how not only how his offensive contributions can really help, because sometimes when he's gone, you have that stretch where you're just like, how are we ever going to get a bucket? Like normally that's when a D'Lo three finds its way in, into the hoop and you're like, oh, what a what a breath of relief or, you know, it's just kind of like, yeah. oh, that's that was a huge three. We needed that at the time. But also just his how he ties the defense together. I mean, people were talking about how he he's always shouting out what coverage he's talking, which has been one of the biggest problems with the Timberwolves defense over the years is you'd go to games, empty arena. We could hear everything Thibodeau saying. Mm-hmm. You couldn't hear anything the defensive players are saying because they don't talk. I, I've never watched a Timberwolves team that like talks on defense like this one does. And a lot of that is D'Lo who's shouting out the coverages, shouting out what's happening. And I think that that kind of uh, generalship, or, you, know, you know, that kind of <laughs> yeah, being floor, the, general. floor general, that's yeah. what I'm looking for. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like that's a really important factor to keeping the defense consistent. As yeah. Well. And I think that is the single most interesting part about his season because you look at his shooting numbers and they're, you know, they're not, they're still not great for this year. It's not like he's just, you know, absolutely lighting it all up. He's, 
you know, he's he's below average in in, uh, in three point percentage so far this year, only shooting thirty three percent. You know, where he's usually you know he's a thirty six percent for his career, but you know he's usually in the thirty seven thirty eight range uh, typically. So he's still you know that's kind of where you you know you, you could even see some more improvement um, from him. Shooting thirty eight percent from the floor in general, which is yeah. way under his career normals. Yeah, so you know career it's just norms. just kind of uh, you know still something that you know is is being worked on with. It. As far as that goes, now the turnovers have uh, offensively the turnovers have have shored up, which is nice because there were some really bad ones to start the season. You figured those um, ones were going to go away because they were yeah. so dumb. They were throwing the ball into the crowd level dumb, you know, Just some early season laziness or something like that. So you know the offense is even been a little bit down from what is typical. You know performances, but to your point, the defense is is shocking. How it is, uh, you know, it's average. It's uh, it's it's just 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 good enough, you know. So, um, you know, like you said, he's talking. He's and and that's the thing is on on uh, in that Portland game, he was you know he was huge. That was super impressive because yeah, he was hitting those shots to keep the team in it. You know, those bunch of three couple threes there in the back last few back. minutes. Those back to back ones were and just that's, huge. That's like what you expect from him. You can see those kind of highlights throughout his career from. Lakers and Brooklyn, all that stuff. That's like he's been great in the clutch this like season. Typical D'Lo, but when he's like getting the steal and like bothering somebody, he's bringing the ball up the floor. It's like that's the stuff you might have never seen him do before. So that to me is more notable and really um, kind of I think what it kind of ties us all together because it's not just about him helping on offense. It's oh yeah, he's a positive player on both ends of the floor right now, which I think huge. I don't think people understand how much of a value added that is. Like you look at his numbers and you're like. Oh, he's down across the board. Then you look at his advanced numbers and you're like, wow, he's better than he's ever been. You look at look at the swing of this defensive rating. Look at the, you know, it's just like he's got one of the best plus minuses in the league right now. You know, like top three or something because, you know, he's been doing it on both ends when usually it used to be kind of like, oh, yeah, he'll get you buckets, but he'll give them all back on the other end. So I, I think that it's not as noticeable to a casual fan, like how much of an improvement it is for him to lose a couple points per game, lose a couple shooting percentages, but become a, a plus defender. Yeah, it's on off right now. It's twenty three point six per hundred possessions. That is a massive number. Um, In his career, he's hardly ever been positive at all for a whole season. Um, Last year, he was negative three point oh. So it is um, just so impressive. And it's you know usually and again early in the year we'd say oh sample size calm down it's going to come on back and stuff. But again, he's played twenty three games. The team's played twenty eight games. Um, it still might be a little miragey here as far as like his actual, especially on the defensive end, how much he provides help there. But we're starting to get to the point now where every it's game that serious. sample size grows, you know, well, it's, it might be for real here, you guys. Maybe at least for one season. So, uh, contract year D'Lo, uh, I don't know. I guess he's able for a uh, you know extension. for an extension. So maybe that... we still have him signed for next year, everybody. Don't worry, <laughs> don't extension worry. eligible. He's got, he's got a few more. Yeah. So but yeah, it's good to have him back, and uh, the team is clearly better with him on the floor, which. I I feel like it was something that seems obvious um, to say, but it wasn't. It was not necessarily the fact uh, before. You know, he was sometimes good, but sometimes a negative on the floor. So it's uh, definitely notable. I think at this point, the diehard Wolves fans know, the team, the people around the team know, and it's just if a matter of another couple months of playing like this for the casual fan to know that D'Lo, he's, he's the max player. D'Angelo. All right. Well, that brings us to our next topic. He's hitting up. We talked about a little bit earlier on Anthony Edwards, Ant-Man, the man of the hour, the man of our hearts. Everyone loves Ant. 
he is a different player in year two. We're seeing that progression. We always talk about, uh, you know, progression isn't linear. You know, growth isn't linear. Sometimes a guy takes a few years to kind of hit that stride, kind of like Vando, for instance. But uh, Ant is not like that. He's had an upward trajectory from the first game he played. I mean, we saw it all through his rookie year. The second half of his rookie year was mm. so much better than the first half. And I think that, you know, if you were look, once again, this is a, a tale of the numbers where if you look at it, you could say, you know, there are some things he's not doing as well and maybe shooting wise. This is numbers wise, it's very similar to last year, right. stats wise, you know, but, in, in most places. But the eye test shows that he's just one doing more on defense and also just being more of an overall team player in terms of how he's moving the ball on offense. Yeah, you know, if you again just looking at the stats, um, the main thing that's that's bumped up uh, finally is his three point percentage. I mean, that's going to happen after you make 10, <laughs> 10 of what like fourteen or something yeah. the other night. Yeah. So that's a huge help. But he's up to thirty six percent on the season now uh, from three last year as a rookie, only thirty three percent. You know, so so that's definitely good to see. And he's you know he's taking eight point six threes a game versus seven point two last year. So taking a few more and then also making more. That's huge. That's huge efficiency right there. Usually you take more, you miss a few more, whatever. That you're going to see that. Um, still needs to improve that two point percentage. You know, he's under fifty percent from two, which is you know not great. You know for someone that drives as much as he does, he's not like taking long twos. So that number should be a lot higher. Uh, the number that's one of my uh, one of my long term uh, predicted this year that I've been uh, continuing uh, to look for from Ant is his uh, true shooting. And uh, I predicted that it would be over league average, which is about 55%. He's at 50, uh, 54.6 right now. So he's knocking on that doorstep of uh, league average true shooting, which is you know kind of the mark on are you, are you good on offense? Are you helping your team on offense? Or are you kind of shooting them out of the game on offense? So I really appreciated kind of seeing that, making more shots. But Scott, from a, um, you know, from a you know, sort of like how his offense is coming, and you, know, you mentioned the, you know, the defense improvements, but what have you seen differently from him offensively this year maybe like where he's getting his shots or sort of uh you know how he's operating on offense this year I just I did the math. He was at thirty three percent before last night. Brought him up three percentage points. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Uh, but Dang, that's a double digit from three. So do that for you, I guess. I think we've seen some consistency in terms of last year. It felt like just an adventure every time he got into the paint. Like he didn't know what he was going to do either. And sometimes I think he surprised himself with his own athleticism. Whereas this year he's got a bag of tricks that he likes to go to. Like he loves using he loves doing a kind of reverse layup thing with his mm. left hand, where he gets the protection from the shot block by going under the rim and then finishing with his left off the glass or right into the hoop. He does it off the glass a lot. And last week when I was making the game more about uh, five shots where you talk about percentages, there's a huge like difference on his shot chart between the right side of the rim and the left side of the rim because of how often he finishes (laughs) it on the left side. So that's great. That's something we're seeing. We've heard him talk about the season, how he feels like he needs to shoot the three pointer to keep the lane open for him. And I think obviously we saw without D'Lo, some of the spacing problems really closed off the paint for him where he was driving into three or four guys and mm-hmm. making some bad turnovers because of that. Um, so I think obviously the spacing uh, that we have and you know, with certain lineups can really unlock what he's doing. But I just feel like, you know, for the most part, he's been kind of streaky in the season, you know, uh, even he might have a bad game for three quarters and then have a really good quarter in, in that bad game, you know? And so I think that there's still this feeling that we haven't uh, seen him put together a complete game necessarily, we, which is crazy considering some of the great nights he's, he's had. 40, had. Yeah. He's had 40, he had 38 the other night, yeah. and yet it still feels like we're, we haven't seen him put together a complete performance yet. So um, I think, it, you know, <sighs> I, 
I hate that they called that charge on him. He hasn't had an imposter dunk since that charge oh, dunk, you know? The one they took away. Yeah, what was it, an Atlanta game? No, yeah, Atlanta? I think, uh, maybe. I think it was the Atlanta game, yeah. Yeah, I where he had that dunk, and yeah, they, they took it away. There should be a crime. There should be a crime against the ref who blew that whistle. Oh, yeah, oh, we got to see him get up for another one. Yeah, we got to get had, a few like, more of those. He's had, like, breakaway dunks, but he's never, yeah. like, he doesn't, like, challenge it anyway. Right, exactly. So, yeah. um, But also just a willingness to pass. I think he's more aware of where his guys are when uh, he's driving to the rim. I think last season he wasn't as confident or his court vision wasn't as good, but this season I think he takes it as a responsibility to get other players involved. He talked about that in the postgame early on in the season about he took the blame for a loss and saying me cat and D'Lo need to get these other guys going and so I every time I see him you know kind of strive to get other guys involved I think of that I mean I just felt like I could take over the game so I did it I think that's a great point too is uh, you know beyond the stats beyond uh sort of even the you know even on the court stuff I think he's kind of taken a step in that kind of way too you know I don't know if you can say he's a leader quite yet uh who knows I guess we're not in the locker room really know but um it definitely seems like he has a little more clout in that kind of way you know I feel like he has more of a relationship with Carl and with Russell and stuff, you know, just another year forward with that stuff just has, you know, you, you just have more comfortability in the locker room and saying certain things. You know, we've, I think I'm, I'm, I'm bringing this up because of like what he said about Carl uh, uh, versus Embiid and all that. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah, he take, was take the ball and go on those doubles. Like that's not something a rookie says about like his team's best player, but like second year ants, he will say that, you know. So I feel like he feels a little more empowered to be a voice in the locker room, to be someone who. Um, you know, he hopefully still knows his place in the pecking order, but he also understands he's one of the most talented players on the team. And, you know, the sort of, he is a huge swing point in the franchise. So um, I think that's been cool, too, because, that, again, we don't do it so much anymore because of how things have gone. But, like, the, the comp to Wiggins and everything is, like, you never saw Wiggins, like, ever take that step off the court either where he was, like, talking about specific players and, and right. even, even, you know, constructive criticism and stuff. He just, you know, took it with a smile and kept his head down and he was good old quiet Wiggins right so I like that Ant has this personality obviously everyone that loves his personality his fun personality but now we're seeing some of the other side where it's like a little more serious and a little more like here's what we need to do to fix this not just like hey I'm the rookie who cares let's have fun everybody like I like the sort of um, yeah the change in that from year one to year two as well Andrew Wiggins is the anti-Spider-Man, everybody. Oh, is he? He's got great power and no responsibility. <laughs> He's letting all those talents go to waste. He's just like, you know what? I've got all this talent, but it's not up to you to tell me what to do with it. I, I, I will waste all this talent if I want to. Thank you. Yeah, he's uh, he's on the contender now, though. But yeah, he's uh, third, fourth banana. <laughs> I thought it was funny after Steph made his record-breaking three. Uh, Steph... Curry, everybody, uh, your three-point all-time three-point leader in number NBA one, history, number one. and uh, our boy Andrew Wiggins gave him that historic assist. Oh, and, wow, uh, wow, wow. in the post-game post-game interviews, both Draymond and Steph Curry just broke up laughing when they talked about that because they're like, "That's the play for Andrew. He's never passed out of it. He has never passed out of that play." And so they both are like laughing out loud, busting up laughing at it, like, "How is it that Andrew passed out of that play and gave me the assist?" <laughs> and Andrew's just like, "I saw him open, so you know, I was passed it to him." <laughs> just like he was looking for him, but, had to get that had to get that legendary shot. That's right. So in history, he's in the yeah he's in the highlight reels forever. You yep. know for that one historic. Nice. Assist. All right, we going one more topic here. He's on fire. Uh, Merry Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, everybody. Um, Hanukkah's over, all that stuff. But uh, it's a season of giving gifts. 
dropping right. uh, dropping presents on folks. And, um, you know, we got, uh, as we record this, we're about a week, 10 days outside of Christmas. So there might be some last-minute gifts um, that you need to get. And uh, this year, hey, there's more fans uh, who are into the Wolves this year because, you know, they're actually relevant at Christmas. It's never been done before, but um, it is the case this year. So uh, here at Wolvescast, we wanted to, um, you know, provide some ideas for some possible Timberwolves related gifts uh, for the fans, for the sports fans, for the basketball fans. Um, and hey, if you happen to know someone who likes the Wolves, this is this is for you. So, uh, Scott, where, where should we start with uh, with gifts for Wolves fans this holiday season? Well, you know, I like you said, nine days till Christmas. So, uh, and there's TikTok, lots of reasons TikTok. to there's lots of reasons to give gifts. You don't need it to be tied to Christmas, but mm-hmm. uh, so I'm thinking about things that you could do at last minute. Uh, one thing that you know requires no shipping and handling is a cameo. You know, it's a oh, service a where shout out. you get a shout out. Someone will record a message for you and send it to you. And uh, there's some current wolves on cameo: Josh Okogi, fifty dollars; Jordan McLaughlin, forty dollars; <laughs> Malik Beasley, fifty dollars. Okay, so you can get some current wolves. Uh, you know, talking to you. The, the you said J O Edwards. Or, wait, yep. J O Edwards is on? Uh, no. Oh, J Mac. J Mac. Yes. J O and Malik. Yeah. Uh, former Wolves. You can get Andrew Wiggins for one hundred and forty dollars. He's in the he's in the Bay Area now, so you know he's charging those premium prices. Wally Wally Zerbiak, one hundred and ten dollars. <laughs> and by comparison, the, the one hundred and ten a wow. steal from Mark Madsen at ninety nine dollars. Oh, if you want to get Mark right under the hundred. Of course, you could also get some of our favorite Timberwolves personalities. Dave Benz, thirty bucks, very reasonable. Jim Peterson, fifty dollars. Get him to call the gift recipient of your choice. One tough customer. Uh, you can get Marnie Gellner. This oh. is a real bargain. Thirty dollars for Marnie. Oh, Marnie, living legend right there. And of course, Neil and I will always do a little cameo for you if you want us to. That's right. Free. Yeah. We're just, not on cameo. Just, just let us know. Up. We'll yeah. send you. We'll send hit you a little shout out. Yeah. There you go. Okay. So that's a really good one because that's not even. You know, I feel like that's a yeah. That's a great idea because you think. Of of like okay what's like a thing i can wrap up and give to them you know maybe some merch or something but this takes it to the next level where you know this wolf fan in your life is going to hear uh past or current timberwolf say their name say hello say happy holidays whatever you, you really can have want. dave benz act like uh he's color commentating uh, oh. or play, doing a play-by-play call of you dunking scott olstad with the dunk oh, or something like that i love that idea i want to yeah i want to get benz on that or maybe benz could um you know uh, generate an ant fact for you oh he's got him you know he's right there yeah he's got a rolodex full of them so yeah this, you can really get creative with it and really you know the whole point of cameo is to customize it toward the recipients. oh man if you have an aunt who is a Timberwolves fan mm-hmm. get uh, get uh, Ben's to record some aunt facts oh. about ant facts about your aunt. You know. Oh my gosh, the ant facts for your aunt. That makes a lot of sense. Ants have compound eyes. He saw that all the way. Of course, there's a lot of great merch you can get. Uh, Timberwolvescast.com is uh, no no exception. We're, oh yeah, got the palm hats. We'll very already popular. ship it to you. We'll get it to you. Just order it by like mid midweek next week. And Speaking we'll do of our best, Ant Facts use that as a promo code for the hat. Ooh, you get free, free ship. shipping. Free yeah, ship. So use that. Um, but also, you know, I've I own all of her stuff. So maybe you want to check out Jake's Graphs. Oh, Must Hoopus. Yeah, Canis Hoopus contributor and uh, friend of the pod, former guest of the pod. The new iHeart Pat Bev designs. Go check that out. Oh, yeah. The An- Jake's graphs. Another uh, space that we like is no cap space. Oh, yeah. 
they got that Lynx Dynasty four ring design. The rings, yep. I also like their metal Timberwolf shirt. A lot of good options there. Yeah, so there's lots of good fan merch, you know, that's out there. So yeah, those are some those are some highlights there. And uh, you know, what about just like uh, tickets, Scott? I feel like that's a good idea too, right? Just like that way you can uh, enjoy the game together, potentially get some together time. I know they got like Timberwolves holiday packs for that kind of thing. But I'm gonna take it a step further. And you know, Timberwolves are doing pretty well this year. Uh, more more and more fans going to the games. But uh, I want everyone to kind of look ahead to the spring and potentially uh, put down some some of your uh, cash and, and gift ideas for some Lynx tickets, Scott. That's, uh, you know, it's kind of further out. So maybe it's a little weird of like, hey, let's go to a game this summer. But you can get great deals um, and you can sit really close. And so I think um, that's also a good idea. Is don't just limit this to the to the Wolves. There's some uh, cool Lynx stuff you could go with here. And I think especially tickets is the way to go because the in, in-person experience at Lynx game is very different from a Wolves game. And uh, if you've never been, I think it's a good chance to check it out. And for the really hardcore, you know, the the people who live on Timberwolves Twitter, the high, hardcore diehards. Former, uh, fellow listeners of this show, potentially. You I know. think it would be appropriate to get them a big old bottle of Pepto-Bismol oh. for all the Arby's they're going to be eating this season. Yes. You know the diehards, we have to get our beef and cheddars. I yeah. saw the Cavs one. They give a free small fry if their opponent misses two free throws from conse- Arby's. Two consecutive free throws. Some curly fries. You get yeah, small fry. Well, they have crinkle now too. Oh. So you, it's your choice. But that's not as good of a deal, I think. As, yeah, as you want the, the beef sandwich. and cheddar. So yeah, uh, I always, I love Arby's, and then five minutes after our eating Arby's, I hate Arby's, and <laughs> my body hates me. It's and a roller so coaster. Why don't you know just get get prepared for all those future beef and cheddars and get some Pepto Bismol today? Oh, fantastic! So many good gift ideas. Anything else you got for us here? Scott, or is that about it? I mean, go on eBay, Etsy, local oh, thrift stops, yep. all that stuff. There's any kind of weird throwback stuff. We are a big fan of that. You're like I said, if some weird throwback item you see on eBay, you're probably bidding against Neil because yeah, go, to, go yeah, love there's for, so love much for the retro stuff. Yeah, eBay, Depop, all the places. Go search for wolves stuff, and like, like you said too, there's some good uh, local vintage stores. I saw the guy who spread the Om- Omicron variant. Oh, yeah. from Minnesota. He went to <laughs> the New York anime convention and kind of spread. It was in the news a little bit. Oh, yeah. He got interviewed on like CNN, and he had a, a Carl Anthony Towns Funko Pop on a shelf <laughs> in the background. Like, there we go. There you Get go. Get a Funko Pop. Get a Funko Pop. Nice. All right, that does it for Full Court Press. Get your friends a Wolves gift for the holidays, everybody. Um, but we're gonna take a break right now and get to our sponsor. We have a we have an old friend, and uh, hey, it's a podcast, so perfect for uh, Wolves Cast sponsorship right here. Let's jump right into it. The Timberwolves podcast market is a robust, growing community of high-quality audio programming. Here at Wolvescast, the longest-running Timberwolves podcast, we welcome all of our colleagues to the space. Today, we're proud to reintroduce you to a familiar face around the Timberwolves franchise as he launches the latest Wolf podcast. Carlito Towns burst onto the scene in 2015 when Carl Anthony Towns was drafted by your Minnesota Timberwolves. As a friend, mentor, and confidant to Towns, Carlito was crucial to Big Carl's transition and eventual success in the NBA. Finally, Carlito is ready to step into his own spotlight in the form of a weekly show, Carlito Cast. The podcast is an inspirational journey led by Carlito. The show includes moments of motivation, tips for improving your everyday life, and conversations with some of the world's top thought leaders. You'll laugh, you'll learn, and you might even find yourself transformed by the mind-altering wisdom of Carlito. Don't take it from us. Hear it straight from the cat's mouth. 
Carlito took the game to the next level. I mean, just telling me what I should be doing better, what I should not be doing. No matter where I go, I still got the biggest critic right close to me in my head. So the next time you're looking for a new show to listen to, consider Carlito Cast, the only podcast hosted by an NBA player's imaginary friend slash commercialized cartoon avatar. Thank you to Carlito Cast for their support of Wolf's Cast. And up next, it's time for Fan Fiction. What if KG ran an ice cream shop? It's fan fiction, frickin' fan fiction. What does Wiggins get when he hits the co-op? It's fan fiction, frickin' fan fiction. What if Rubio got lost in the zoo? It's fan fiction, frickin' fan fiction. What if Glenn Taylor got a sick tattoo? It's fan fiction, frickin' fan fiction. All right, fan fiction. Like we said, this is a, a rare, a rare segment for Wolfcast. Um, it's not too often that we uh, think, hey, this would be a good idea, but uh, this week was the exception, Scott. You can't throw away a good theme song, you know? <laughs> yeah, we got to keep those rolling. And, um, you know, fan fiction is uh, just like it sounds. It's a uh, fiction written by a fan by fans of a certain uh, community. Uh, you know, you see this a lot in you know with characters from film or comic books and stuff. Fans, you know, they love them so much that they want to write their own stories. I mean, I'm sure there's lots of Spider-Man fan fiction out there, Scott. I don't know if you've ever checked any of that out, but uh, oh, I've definitely never read it. <laughs> yeah, you've never. Yeah, Scott, you got you got to dig deep for Scott's uh, spider adventures. I have a, I have a recipe for what all good Spider-Man stories contain yeah. like d- different elements i yeah. think everyone should contain one of them that i've decided recently is i think every good spider-man story has a scene where he pulls his mask halfway up his face to eat like junk food like pizza <laughs> or something like that well, specifically hot dog junk food yeah yeah like a pizza or like a hot wow. dog some kind of new york food you know okay yeah and you just want to keep expanding the types of foods he can potentially eat. maybe go longer you know foot long maybe you that's know, right something bigger that's funny that's a good one that's a small one um, but yeah, we wrote uh, some fan fiction today for you, and uh, we usually have a uh, you know a sort of a loose a prompt, a loose prompt, or uh, kind of area of interest that we want to write about. And uh, this time around, we're writing about uh, new ownership. So anything that uh, you know we could come up around the idea of the new owners, uh, Alex Rodriguez, Mark Laurie. That's what we went with for fan fiction this week. So each of us wrote something, and we're going to read it for you now. Scott, do you want us to get started, or do you want me to start us off here today? I guess I'll get to go first. All right, Scott. Uh, I'm excited to hear your fan fiction. As the morning sun rose on another quiet Miami morning, Alex Rodriguez was where you'll find him every morning, in the local biogenesis genetics lab doing cutting-edge research. During his baseball career, his scientific achievements helped him hit the fourth most home runs in MLB history. Sure, some people were upset with his methods, but you're never going to please anyone. After all, a lot of people don't trust vaccines. How would they appreciate this complex scientific endeavor? He was back in the labs now because his playing days for the MLB are behind him. But now that he's an owner of a basketball team, he has a new physical accomplishment he wants to achieve. He wants to dunk a basketball. So he's in the lab doing his research on radioactive spiders, radioactive ants, radioactive cats. All kinds of animals, a radioactive finch, if you will. And he's trying to find the right formula to get him that radioactive bite that will give him the superpowers. Now with his access to the Minnesota Timberwolves, he's able to combine the genetics of multiple NBA players. He's taking the leaping ability of Anthony Edwards. He's taking the shooting acumen, the eyesight of Carl Anthony Towns. And of course, he's getting ice injected into his veins from the unique genetics of D'Angelo Russell. Taking a pinch from J.O., 
taking a dash from Vanderbilt, and taking a whole lot from Patrick Beverly. He has created the perfect amalgamation of Timberwolves and NBA talent. And he thinks that he's now condensed it all into one radioactive spider that will bite him and give him the ability to dunk. It's the moment of truth. Let's see what happens to Alex Rodriguez. The end. The end. Oh, we'll find out. Look for part two. Coming, uh, coming soon to a comic book shop near you. I'd buy right a there. copy. Yeah, I like that. Wow, mm-hmm. that is, that is some, uh, yeah, some some Frankenstein monster kind of stuff combining all the all the skills together. Yeah, you know that is something a little bit of Space Jam in there maybe. But listen, uh, he's into the he's into uh, you know altering his genetics to for increased performance. He has demonstrated that throughout his his playing days. Is that you know he's all of, he is like there's this, no limits. A lot of times in Spider Man or like Marvel films, like the villain is like trying to replicate the Spider Man experiment or the Captain America experiment. So they're yeah, like, so I'm going to test it on myself, yeah, and who, it never goes right. Has any who who what villain has done that though? Or specifically, like I want this thing to bite me. A like, lot of a lot of it is Norman Osborn. He's okay. the Green Goblin. Okay, that's yep. a big one. So that's a yeah. So that's a it's a little. But uh, it's it's a common kind of like villain <laughs> origin. Is like I want to yeah, try to do what worked it. for the hero, and now it's going to go wrong for me because they're missing some kind of critical element that the hero has usually like yes. a good heart or something like that you know <laughs> you didn't think of this part right exactly you missed out on this one small part and that's why i will defeat you wow there you go check out that comic book coming to stores near you all right i also wrote about alex rodriguez um in a very different kind of story and we'll uh we'll pick it up right here crack Anthony Edwards rotated his body counterclockwise as he finished the follow-through on his baseball swing before resetting. The pitching machine ahead of him spit out another baseball at 90 miles per hour directly at the 20-year-old. Anthony spotted it with his eye and used his natural athletic ability to make connection and slice the ball into the netting. Edwards had been talented in every sport he had ever tried. He was the star running back in high school, pitcher on his baseball team, and even picked up bowling on the weekends where he's unsurprisingly excelled at picking up strikes and spares. Ant had ventured over to Target Field, which was conveniently located near Target Center, where his Timberwolves played. The batting cages were made available to Timberwolves players and staff, just as the Timberwolves basketball courts had availability for the Twins players. Edwards was a frequent visitor of those cages. It allowed him to clear his mind from the intense pressures of being an NBA rookie, let alone the number one overall draft pick. Weeks earlier, Ants made headlines by admitting that he did not know who new Wolves owner Alex Rodriguez was. The three-time AL MVP and 14-time All-Star was from an era just before young Edwards started paying attention to the league. Ant knew now that Rodriguez was a baseball player with a storied MLB career, but had yet to meet the man they called A-Rod. Crack! Another line drive up the middle for Ant when suddenly the pitching machine slowed to a stop. Edwards turned his head to find a well-built, middle-aged Dominican man with the plug in his hands. Hey, Anthony, I'm Alex. You can call me A-Rod. A smile spread across Edwards' face as he realized that finally he was going to be meeting the new owner of the Minnesota Timberwolves and one of the best baseball players of all time. It's a pleasure to meet you, sir, Ant said. I didn't know who you were before, but I sure do know you now. Dude, you were nice out there on the field. Two gold glove awards? Damn! Well, Anthony, that was a long time ago, Alex said. I had an incredible time playing in the majors, and I'm excited to start the next phase of my life, owning the Timberwolves. But hey, I've been watching you for a few minutes. You've got a nice swing. Great power. But I think I've got a few ideas that could help you improve even more. Even a self-proclaimed sports savant has to stop and listen 
when someone like Alex Rodriguez offers to help you hit a baseball. Ant listened and observed as A-Rod showed Edwards how he could keep his hands back early in his swing and generate more energy from his core and his legs. Sure enough, Edwards picked up everything quickly and could feel the difference in his swing immediately. Rodriguez and Ant continued their evening at dinner later on and realized that they had a lot in common. As their friendship continues to grow, so does Ant's swing. The end. Wow. I'm impressed, Neil. You used some real baseball knowledge. You had, did some Googling. You, you looked that up about keeping your hands back to I get did. the energy I transfer? Up, I looked up swinging um, fundamentals. Ah, great call. And that's the thing. Apparently the hands, the it, people swing the hands too soon. It added so much legitima- <laughs> legitimacy to your story. I was like, man, that's some baseball advice right there. Yeah, I know. wasn't expecting that. I didn't know about that. Yeah. I, did you see uh, Carl's post game from the other night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he was saying, like, Ant's the best at uh, ba- baseball, <laughs> yeah, skier, yeah. walking, running, and Ant said, anything with a player behind it, I'm the best at. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. I bet I'd be A1 from day one. You got to have that confidence. It you know? all started with that Wolf Plus interview last year. That's right. You can do it all. So there you go. That's fan fiction. Uh, we like writing fan fiction about the wolves. And, uh, you know, uh, we're going to keep doing this podcast for decades more. But I think at the end of our run, whenever it is over, I think we'll have a nice, you know, anthology to put together of all the recordings of all the fan fictions. An anthology. An anthology <laughs> fan fictions. There you go. Hope you enjoy that one from us. Fan fiction right there. All right. Up next, Weekly Wolfies. Presenting your weekly Wolfie. All right. We're giving out awards. It's award season here, and uh, award season comes around every Thursday evening when we record this podcast, Scott. Um, so, yeah, we have to we have to give out the, the Wolfies for this week, and I'm going to get us started. And uh, i got to hand it to the Wolves. They are doing a really nice thing, and they are uh, dedicating the Target Center Media Room to the late, great Tom Hanneman, everybody. This will be dedicated uh, to Mr. Hanneman, to Hanny, um, here on the 17th, here on Friday night uh, against the Lakers. You know, they're going to do uh, a little, uh, you know, dedication ceremony. And uh, Tom Hanneman, you know, passed away uh, right before this season began and, uh, you know, was, you know, 16 years covering the Wolves and, you know, calling their games and stuff. And, you know, just uh, just someone that most Wolves fans listen to this definitely, you know, remember his voice, remember his, uh, you know, his professionalism. He was just a total pro up there. And, uh, you know, from calling the games alongside, uh, you know, Jim Peterson and uh, stuff like that, he, you know, moved upstairs into the pre and post game, um, you know, uh, station up there and unfortunately passed away. But you know, it'll now be the Tom Hanneman Media Room at Target Center, uh, which is a nice touch. Uh, Atlanta Hawks did this recently with uh, the late Seiko uh, Smith or Seiko. Uh, what's his name? Seiko. Yeah, Seiko Smith. Yeah, Seiko Smith. Um, you know, it's named after him as well. So I think it's kind of a more of a recent trend of having um, you know uh, you know passed away you know media folks, broadcast folks who mean a lot to the uh, franchise to kind of name it after them. Do a little tribute. There's gonna be a video yeah, tribute I tomorrow think- at halftime for Tom. Hanneman so um, I think it's really cool and uh, Hanny definitely deserves it I think uh, at the target field it's the Herb Carneal media okay room, so. I've never heard that name before he was a, he a, a script guy or no he was a broadcaster for uh, the mm. twins in like the 90s and stuff okay there you go yeah so that's uh, that's happening and um, shout out to Tom Hanneman still uh, still miss you and still uh, remember remember the good times if you call them those games those KG games and stuff like that so shout out to the Wolves and Lynx 
for doing that. The Tom Hanneman Media Room coming to Target Center very soon. All right, Scott, what you got? What you awarding for us this week? I think Jared Vanderbilt might be my new favorite player. <laughs> Just uh, decided to keep it, it simple, you I know. Love it. Give a little love to V8. I mean, he continues. I'm not giving it to him because he's kind of the defensive linchpin of this team, or because all of our winning has kind of coincided with him being in the starting lineup. Starting lineup yeah. I'm not giving it to him because he's in the death lineup, which is <laughs> our our top three with Pat Bev and Jared, Jared Vanderbilt. You know, yeah. I'm not giving it to him because he's shooting a career high free throw percentage Ooh. last year. It was just like, I mean, his whole career has been below 50%, essentially. He's now like 75. He's in his 70s yeah, right now, yeah, so yeah. He's, he's doing good this year. What I am giving him this for, back-to-back three-pointers, my friend. Oh, Two games in a row, nail in the corner three, oh Jared gosh. Vanderbilt, dead-eye shooter. How has he been able to hit those? It doesn't look good, I'll tell you that. It doesn't look good, but uh, hey, he's like two of five now. And you know what? <laughs> Actually, I looked it up. He's two of nine on the season. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, somehow I got nine uh, up. But still, yeah. still a career high for per- percentage-wise. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's like shooting 22% or something. But hey, you know, sometimes the situation comes where you just have to shoot it. We've had lots of Timberwolves players, Jeff <coughs> Cheek, who uh, would rather turn the ball over than take a, a three-pointer and miss yeah, it. record scratch. But you know, sometimes you got to do it. And, you know, if you keep shooting, I mean, like, like the Michael Scott Wayne Gretzky quote, you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. And really, he's only missed 88% of the three-point shots that he's taken. Or not 88, 78. So he's yeah. shooting 22%. So just shout out, Two in a row. What if he doesn't miss another one the rest of the year? That's Could right. happen. He's on a crazy streak right now. Uh, I just, you know, people are falling in love with V8. And he, <laughs> for good reason. He's career-high minutes, points, everything. Across the board, career highs everywhere. 22 years old. Wild. What a, Such an inspiring rebound. It was tough when you're like, oh, watching Ricky, watching Torian, watching Ricky, watching Torian, being like, oh, why do we do this? And then you remember we had to create that cap space to sign V8, and it hurts just a little bit less. Something I've been thinking, good one. That's a really good one. I love V8, love the three. I mean, he has to at least, he just needs to take them. So it's like it, that the defender at least knows he's going to potentially shoot it rather right. than like absolutely not even look at the rim. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's all that counts. Um, but it reminds me of, it's crazy because it's been so long ago now. It feels like it's been so long ago but when we the wolves and and nuggets made that trade for covington to go over and then we got beasley and hernan gomez and vanderbilt back i remember we did that podcast with the with the sb nation denver people we were both on that podcast right like we we had them i think it was just you actually maybe it was just me okay sorry about that but one of the things that they said at the time was like you're gonna love jared vanderbilt i can't believe we're losing this guy and he at the time he was just like in the g league hardly even played but they're like this guy is a rebounding menace you know and like I remember them, it was it was SB Nation, like Denver Stiffs or whatever it's called over there. Like they talked about that, and I didn't really know about him that much. And I thought this was, you know, you get this kind of thing. And anytime there's like a trade or whatever, it's like yeah, the deep fans of the team, like they think about like the last guy on that list of yeah. like the throw-in type of guys. And it's like yeah, they know a little bit more about them. And so like I just keep thinking about that because it's finally like come to fruition of like oh yeah, this guy's one of the best rebounders in the league, and like this tenacious energy and all this stuff. So just fascinating to think back on that. And how like he has been such he obviously bigger than Hernan Gomez right like yeah. almost as like as big as me, uh, Beasley has been for the Wolves you know like I wonder who's played more minutes this season Beasley or Vando yeah I guess that's interesting to look at because yeah he Beasley comes off the bench now and Vando you know he plays a ton of minutes so he's played 650 minutes I'll look at Malik's room. wow yeah 650 for Vando so yeah that's 
That's great, and things seem to be working. I just, I just need him to not get injured. I feel like he's like writhing on the floor in pain, like every game. He's yeah, like flying I, mean, around, I, I hope he's got that stuff. Corey Brewer gene of like, right. I fall down, I always get back up. Yeah, you know? a rubber man, just like bounce right back up and and be cool with it. So, oh, Malik's pay, played 718 minutes, so okay. it's close. It's getting yeah, close. It's going to change here pretty soon. There you go. All right, that is weekly Wolfies. Scott, I want to learn about the Sinister Six. That's right, everybody. Ooh. It's. Uh, I was telling Neil beforehand, like the best rogues galleries, the best villains in all mm. comics. I think it's Spider Man, but the other comparison is Batman. Batman has the Joker, Two Face. What's rogues galleries? What's that? It's just your 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 portfolio of villains. So basically. it's a comic book phrase about. It's not like a specific realm of comic book villains. No, no, it's just whatever your your characters. Okay, you know, associated villains. And nice. I think Spider Man has the best. You know, and oh, this yeah. new movie this is not a spoiler. It's in all the ads and on the posters. Contains several Spider Man villains. In okay, it. Uh, and so in the comics, in the cartoons, and in, in Spider Man storylines, usually six of them get together and form a team called the Sinister Six. And Oof. the odds are always overwhelming for Spider-Man, but he's always made it out. But there's probably like they just do like one of the villains for the movies usually, right? Like at least the older ones, it was like, okay, this one's the Green Goblin one. Right. This that, one's the Octopus, Dr. Octopus. Honestly, Spider-Man 3, which is really bad. The Amazing Spider-Man 2, which is really bad. Those movies suffered because they tried to do three villains oh, no. instead of just no, one, no, you no. know? No, no, they're no. like, because they've wanted to make a Sinister Six movie for so long. So they're like, let's take a couple shortcuts. Let's jam three villains in this movie. It'll help us get there. And every time it's failed and ended a franchise. Franchise. So hopefully that doesn't happen with this movie, which also is adding several uh, villains. But okay, we'll see how that goes. I can't wait to watch it. I feel uh, like I mostly know Spider-Man villains from the SNES vi- video game. Yeah, that's a great reference. You know, like the Rhino one. Oh yeah, Rhino. He's there. He's not in the Sinister Six. Right, he seems close. more of on the rare side. Of right. <laughs> he's a little straightforward. What about the alligator guy? Uh, lizard. Is he Sinister Six? Uh, in the comics, I don't think he is, but in the movie, I think he will be. So. Okay, interesting. So anyways. Lizard. <laughs> the lizard. Like no effort. <laughs> no lizard. Well, Spider-Man has a lot of uh, villains themed after animals. Kind of oh, yeah. appropriately, he's Spider-Man. He has yeah, the lizard, yeah. the rhino. Sense. He's yeah. got... You know, Doctor Octopus. He's yes. got uh, yes, they're animals. Yeah, so there's there's like twenty more. I can uh-huh, He's got uh-huh. a lot of animal villains. Um, but how this is going to work, Neil, is because they're villains. I have six sinister uh, stats about the Timberwolves, <laughs> and I'm going to have you try to guess. Uh, each one will have six options, and as long as you get one Ooh. of the six options correct, uh, you'll get a point. Okay. So six questions, six options, six, six, six. All right. Villains, that. villains all the way down. Yep, that's right. Okay, Neil, let's start it off. Uh, I have the top, in terms of most points scored in their career against the Timberwolves, I have the top six players who have scored the most points in their career against the Timberwolves. Wow. I just need you to name one of them. Straight up one one player who has, what's the question? It's, uh... So who has scored the most against the Wolves? Who scored the most total points against the Timberwolves? Of active NBA players. No, of any NBA players. Any NBA players. Only one of them is oh active. Oh my gosh. Only one of the six is active right now. Well, um, let's see here. Um, I need to I need to pick a Western Conference foe. I'll, I'll go there. You know, I could go like Jordan or something, but I feel like maybe not enough games. You need a lot of games because this is total points. This isn't That's like scoring it's average. It's not points per game. Total points yes. scored against the Wolves. I'll go with one that. Ooh, this one might be a little bit of a reach because I'm not sure exactly. Hmm, I'm between a couple different players right now. Let me go. Who's been in the league for like a super long time? Who's a West guy? Okay, I got one. I'm gonna guess it, although I'm not totally sure. I'm gonna guess Carmelo Anthony. Is is, is he one of the totals? 
Oh, I saw him because uh, he was on the like Towns uh, like ten thousand list. Oh, sure. Quickest guys to ten thousand. Yeah. Like Mello is surprisingly he's like fourth on that list or whatever. I'm like okay, maybe because like Denver, you know, you know, four games for sure every year. Like I guess it's just those New York years probably took him down because games played is a factor. I'll give you the top six. Yeah. Sixth place, the only active player, Kevin Durant. Mm. He's got uh, eleven hundred points against us in just forty two games. Yeah. Uh, number five is Shaq, who has uh, 1,147 games. Number yeah. four is David Robinson. He's got 1,255 games. Hakeem? Dirk. Dirk is number three with 1,300 points oh, and 68 I games. Done Dirk. Is Hakeem one? No. Kobe oh. is number two. Ah, well, 1,500 points and 64 Kobe. games. And then number one, Carl Malone, Western Conference, all you know, always under the, lots of games, lots of seasons. That's 1,600 points and 63 games. No, right, I feel bad about that. I should have done Kobe or, or uh, who was number one? Malone. Uh, yeah, I should have done those two. All or right. Dirk. Those top three are obvious. Uh, this next one, a little different. Maybe some overlap, but not total overlap. Which player has won the most games against the Timberwolves? Oh, has man. the most wins against the Timberwolves? Ooh, I have a good guess for this one. And I'm, not, I'm sort of surprised it's not on the other list, but there's one player. Okay. I'm going to guess this one. Oh, it could be like Carl Malone and Kobe, too. I feel like those are good. Um, guesses, but the first name that came to my mind, Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan, is that it? Could <laughs> be Tim Duncan. Yes, he's on the list. He's number three. Oh yeah, I didn't have to pick number one. Okay, no, go that's right. That's There's it. a tie for number one. Uh, Kobe Bryant and Derek Fisher are tied with 47 wins. Of Derek Fisher, 47. Wow. He's 47 out of 63. <laughs> so that's Whoa. a big winning percentage. Yeah. Uh, Tim Duncan at 146 games yep. out of 63 played. Dirk's probably up there too. Uh, Dirk is number five on the list, 43 wins. Carl Malone is fourth with 44 wins, and Tony Parker is sixth mm, with 42 wins. Spur. Yeah, yeah, we got two Spurs, three, two Lakers. Spurs. It's for like 20 years. <laughs> it's just crazy because I thought they had more success during those KG years against the Spurs, but yeah. it says Tim Duncan won 46 of his 63 games against the Wolves. Nice. Yeah, I mean, and, and like Tony Parker won 42 out of 54, so even crazy. That was so good. All right, Neil. Uh, can you name one of the six worst Timberwolves seasons by you know win loss record? So one of our six worst seasons. Oh, uh, okay. I'm gonna try and name the the most recent one. The um, you know the Zach Levine point guard getting you Carl Towns here. I believe that was 1718. No, it was 1718 was when we went to the playoffs with Jimmy. Bowles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just uh, Carl was drafted in 15, so it was 1415. Let me say 1415. Uh, I feel like they only won a few games that year. It has to be all the top six. Number three. All right. Uh, and so I will. I'll give you the seasons because the next question is a, a spinoff. Okay. Uh, so our worst season ever was 91-92. which <laughs> is actually tied with 2009-2010. Uh, then our third worst season ever was 14-15. Got us towns. Uh, our fourth worst season. It's funny because 09-10 was our tied for our worst season ever. Our fourth worst season ever was 10-11 bad two-year stretch and just like 91-92 is our worst season ever 92-93 was our fifth worst season ever so those are the two toughest back-to-back years in Timberwolves history those two different ones it's amazing their second and third year were worse than their year even worse so 91-92 is worst 92-93 is fifth worst 93-94 is sixth worst okay so those are those years were just like the worst time but again like expansion you just kind of brush it off you gotta roll it yep that's how it is and then something happened and it changed everything I'm not sure what that was so uh, this one's a spinoff because I'll explain it. Okay. Uh, can you name how many wins we had in one of those six seasons? Wow. I mean, they were winning, and I think like the year I just mentioned, 14-15, was like 17 wins or 18. So I, I, it's in the middle team. So I'll just, I'll just guess 16. There had to be a year where they won like 16 games. 16. 
correct. Uh, it's the same one you picked, Neil. You yeah. picked uh, the 14-15 season. Well, we won 16 games. Uh, <laughs> 16-66. Yep. Uh, <laughs> tied for oh. first is 91-92 and 0-9-10 when we won 15 games. Okay. So our worst seasons in order is 15 games, 15 games, 16, 17, 19, and 20. So we've not had a season where we've only won. The Wolves have won 13 games before Christmas this year. Yeah. So keep it in perspective. <laughs> I did drop out the lockout short of the of year course. because yes. Um, okay, so the next two, this I took these out because I didn't know how you would guess it. Biggest losing streaks, 18 games, 16 games, and 15 games. Biggest losses, 48-point loss, 42-point loss, you know, stuff like that. Um, let's do this one. This one's really fun. The w- six worst plus minuses. And this is fun because to accrue a lot of minuses, you have to be on the team and playing for a long time. So it can't just be like, yeah. it's not going to be Martel Webster. These are all big names in Timberwolves history. Like, all these guys are people we've talked about on the pod pretty much. Yeah. So basically, who is around and on the court for the most Timberwolves losing over the longest stretch, you know? <laughs> oh, no. I'm afraid, like, Rubio is going to be on this list. Uh, okay, Rubio is a potential. Um, Rubio did have a couple good seasons, though, that's so that kind of helps. Yeah, so, like, yeah, really down in the door. And Rubio was always the plus-minus darling. Remember, oh, on the court, off the court numbers with Rubio was always kind of the, the secret. What about, um, let's see, I have a couple guesses in my head. Uh, I'm going to guess, like, rookies that were, like, young Wolves players that, like, were drafted and just, like... This get, is total get, plus minus, though, not just for a single season. Okay, okay. So it's, yeah, so it's accumulated over career. So more veteran players. Um, I'll say, um, I'll go, like, because, again, kind of off going off of those years that you said, let me go with, um, let me go with Pooh Richardson. Let's get Pooh in. Let's get Pooh in the mix. Oh, not in the top six. So the team for like four years, maybe not, maybe not enough years there. I was All gonna right. guess like Randy Foy or something. <laughs> I was gonna guess like four. I'm sure he's Al Jefferson one. Al Jefferson is number one. Oh, in 208 games, Al Jefferson. That's Je- the one. Al Jefferson was minus 1100. Oh. 1173 minus. Oh, no. And number two, Ryan Gomes. Two, okay. 240 games, he was minus 1028. Zach Levine, who only played, he played 206 games with the Wolves. Al Jefferson played 208. It's kind of crazy. To a think lot of minutes, though. Yeah. Zach Levine was a minus 951. He wasn't here for the winning games after we traded him with Jimmy. You know? yeah. so, Corey Brewer, number four, <laughs> with uh, minus 825 in 337 games. Poor guy. Gorgie Jane, number oh. five, minus 820 in 498 games. Gee. And then this last player only needed 134 games, which, since this is a cumulative stat, this means he had to be so bad during those games. Did crack the top six only playing 134 no idea johnny flynn everybody oh, minus 805 yep. again that that would have been in my uh you know that's kind of the way i was going with like a, who's drafted and like gifted all these minutes but i was thinking foy but yeah flynn for sure because yeah. that was one of those years where they won like 17 games right exactly <laughs> all right final question here our sixth and final question of our sinister six who has scored the most points in a game against the Timberwolves? single game I feel like this hasn't changed. I feel like this has been asked before, and I, I, I definitely this isn't number top. one hasn't changed. Number one hasn't changed, and that's one I can still remember because I was in the building that night. Tony Parker, fifty-two points. Did he Tony Parker, fifty-five points. Oh, fifty-five. I knew nice. where you were on November fifth, two thousand eight. Oh, eight. Okay, yeah. You were in the Target Center. I was in the Target Center. I walked there. I lived in Loring Park, so I walked to games from Loring Park in that time. And yep, I remember seeing the game and being shocked because it was a close game too. I'm not sure it went to overtime, but. Um, it was a close one. He, he ripped our throats out. <laughs> uh, number two happened in April of this year. Jason Tatum, Shoot. 53 points. Yeah, I that. Shaq also has 53 points Ooh. from his Orlando days, 1994. 
Okay. Number four. This is a fun one. D'Angelo Russell. Oh, Warriors D'Lo. Yep. In November 8th, 2019, he yeah. scored 52 points. Dang. And then in sixth place, it's a five-way tie with 50 Harden? points. AD, Kyrie, Kobe, Cedric Sabalos, and David Robinson. <laughs> Harden never put 50 on us, but Sabalos no. did? Wow. No. Harden is all over, though, like... <laughs> The most points against the Timberwolves and stuff like that, like yeah, total points. Total. Like West West. Kevin Durant is there, but he's had forty two games. Like Harden is like right there with like thirty games. He is he kills the Wolves. <laughs> so many. Well, that's a great one. Sinister Six there. Now, can you tell us who who is in the Sinister Six? I would get the ones I would guess is Goblin and Oct- and Doctor Octopus. Those are like the those are like the big two Spider Man villains. I feel like. Then I would guess um, the Scarecrow. Scarecrow. <laughs> uh, now I'm running out of villains I know from Spider-Man. Even though I know Venom, I don't think he's in the Sinister Six. So, and you already told me Rhino and Lizard aren't. So I guess I only have three guesses of the six. Who else is in the six? Okay, so this is the traditional six. Yeah, I want to know the traditional. Depending on you know the yeah. medium, different people get Straight subbed up in. Six. Scarecrow is a DC villain. It's a Batman oh, villain. Batman. Oh, so once again, Batman. Oh, great rugs gallery. I'm tripping. All right, the original Sinister Six is Doctor Octopus. He's kind of the leader of the team. Uh-huh. Uh, the Vulture. Oh, I don't know. Another animal. Uh, Craven the Hunter. I don't know that one. Electro. Oh, I know that. Sandman. Mm. And Mysterio. Oh, so no, no goblin. No goblin. Goblin doesn't play well with others. He can't it's hard to have him work in a team context. Yes. Can't be on a team. That's right. Wow, there we go. Now we know Sinister Six. There it is. Hopefully everyone enjoys Spider-Man. May you remain spoiler free. Scott's gonna make it here. He's got about twenty four hours to go, and then he is going to be in the free. And, um, I can't decide if I'm going to wear earplugs into the theater. I might. Oh, my gosh. It's been a while, but I had uh, something spoiled for Captain America now Civil that, War. Walking in the theater, someone was walking out, speaking loudly. That's like the worst case scenario. I can't believe no one died in that movie. Uh, and everyone thought there was going to be a death in Civil War. There wasn't. Well, I feel like that is the thing. Maybe that's a little extreme, like earplugs, but maybe you can be like chatting with whoever you're going with. You yeah. know what I mean? Make sure you have a convo going. That's or, right. Or at least humming or something. I've, I've, hummed, I've hummed before to myself. <laughs> I've done that. The low I've key yeah. earplug, right there. So just a reminder too. You know, movie theater employees haven't gotten to see the movie yet. So keep your conversations yeah. quiet until you get back to the car. Right everybody. In the car yeah. to discuss the it's movie. It's just common courtesy. That's fine. Yes, that's another good tip here. That's right. All right, that does it for Wolvescast. Appreciate everybody listening. Happy holidays. Check out that uh, that uh, gift guide that we just gave you. If you need any last-minute gift ideas, we will be coming to you next week with another show. Uh, we will be recording on the 23rd and releasing on Christmas Eve. And That's uh, the 24th for non-practitioners. So uh, it'll be a good time. We will have our full Spider-Man review, and uh, we will have um, all sorts of other good, fun stuff. Maybe some more holiday things to talk about uh, next week and hopefully a whole bunch more wins we got the lakers and then back to back against dallas and then one more game next thursday while we record so should be an interesting week we'll see if the wolves even play as of right now the lakers are dropping like flies the wolves are the whole league is dropping the like wolves flies. are in the clear though the wolves are one of the healthiest non-covid it's so teams. contagious right now i you like, play games the, the only thing that can get me to go in public right now is spider-man i'm like <laughs> Am I really willing to catch COVID for Spider-Man? I'm like, yeah, oh, I hate that my answer is yes to this. <laughs> it's been that anticipated. And then, hey, if you, help it. if you didn't go, you'd have to be avoiding spoilers for weeks. I, I would no longer be a presence. That's right. That's right. Um, Start subscribing. So, yeah, we'll paper. see because Russell Westbrook now is out. So I'll be at the game on Friday if it happens. And I really want to see, uh, you know, uh, J- uh, James and, and Davis. So I hope they don't come down sick. But at this point, I just hope the game happens. Yeah.
Because if it happens, the Wolves will have an even better chance because like, like, they have like five guys out. If it but does, if they postpone it, it'll happen in like March and it'll be a worse game for the Wolves. If it doesn't happen, uh, I've got an extra Spider-Man ticket. Okay. You can come see, we'll stay in see touch. it in IMAX with me. We'll stay in touch. That, that should be fun. But yeah, we'll see you guys next week for another episode of Wolves Cast. Thanks for listening. And remember, Andrew Wiggins, with great power, there must come great responsibility. The Phoenix forced a turnover at halfway. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, Hellacious dunk by Mitch Creek. Spectacular.